Welcome to the Faithful Fathering Podcast. Uh, glad you're able to join us. This is Rick Wirtz, founder and president of Faithful Fathering, where the mission is to encourage and equip dads to be faithful fathers. That is to prioritize your physical presence, be engaged emotionally, and lead spiritually by example. That's reflecting the triune nature of our God. Uh, he thought it important enough to send his son to be with us uh, physically here on earth, and we ought to prioritize our physical presence in the home. And Jesus sent the counselor to emotionally engage with his disciple after his departure, then we ought to be emotionally engaged with our kids. And finally, he gave us his word, which is what we're talking about today, is the word that we're supposed to use to be the spiritual leaders in our home. And the word helps us know God and uh, know Jesus better. And as we're going into this Lenten season, the 40 days leading up to the most important uh, day in the Christian calendar, Easter, then uh, we're, we're pointing the way and, and uh, emphasizing how we're going to get to know Jesus and to help our kids know Jesus to a new level. We've talked about Jesus' life. We've talked about Jesus uh, and the parables and the way he used the parables to engage his disciples in conversation. And we've talked about Jesus' miracles. And in this segment, we're going to talk about Jesus' obedience. And in the studio with us, again, is James Crum, the executive pastor of Risen Nation. It's a blessing to have you here, James. Thanks, Eric. It's good to be here. Uh, we're, we're talking about obedience here, and I, this is always phenomenal to me to think about how, uh, you know, you, you compare, you know, I think uh, Paul calls them the two Adams. You know, you got the first Adam and the last Adam, and you, you realize that both Adams were given a, a will to obey, a woman to love, and a, and a, uh, and a uh, I'm sorry, will to obey, a woman to love, and a, and a work to do. Yes. And, mm -hmm. and so here we're talking about obedience, and we know that the first Adam fell uh, way short in obedience to the word that the God had given him. He yes. said, you could eat from any tree except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And of course, uh, in arguably the worst case of spousal abuse in all of history, he sits there and watches his woman mm -hmm. uh, be tempted and does nothing about it. Mm -hmm. And of course, we know Jesus, as soon as he came up out of the water uh, to, to be empowered for this three years of ministry that the, his father was, uh, was calling him to, uh, he comes out of the water and, and he immediately goes into the uh, desert for 40 days of fasting and prayer, hanging out with his dad, only to be tempted directly yeah. by the devil. And the devil proceeds to tempt him physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Talk a little bit about how uh, you see Jesus uh, obey and, and stand firm in who he is and whose he is. Yeah, this, this temptation narrative is so interesting. Um, I love the way you've broken it down into the three elements. Um, I believe it's First John um, chapter 2 where it says all that's in the world is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. And these three things show up in the physical, the emotional, and spiritual as well. And it also goes back to the garden, you know, don't you want this, you see this fruit's good, don't mm -hmm. you want to be like God? It's the same narrative. The, the enemy always uses the same narrative because he doesn't create, he perverts. Mm -hmm. And so we've seen this all throughout history but specifically to see Jesus as the son of God having to walk out those same three levels mm -hmm. actually brings us a lot of solace in our life because we know he did it he can empower us to do it as well mm -hmm. and so in initially I just think it's a beautiful thing but 
to break it down a little bit further, I, I actually do believe it was a temptation in, in those three areas. I mm-hmm. think it was literal. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, it was. Yeah, yeah they the uh, uh, literal, and he did it. He faced him as a man. You know, you know, say he's one hundred percent man, one hundred percent God. Right. But uh, you know, Philippians two five says he gave up the yes. divinity to be here in the presence, take on the presence and the physical nature yes. of man. So, so here the devil is. Uh, you know, he's he's obviously famished. What we would uh, think after forty days. Have you ever been on a forty day fast? I have not. I I've done three days, and that's about the most <laughs> I've done. <laughs> right. But, uh, I've uh, done three days in about thirty years. <laughs> Counts now. <laughs> uh, well, I, I, I always find, I enjoy, you know, I, I think I told you, I worship at a Methodist church. I always say I'm Christian. I'm not, yes. uh, uh, I grew up Catholic. I worship at a Methodist church. I hang out with a lot of Baptists, Presbyterians, Churches of Christ, so just all a wonderful body of Christ. Yes, yes. But, uh, but in the Methodists are known as the the Church of the Covered Dish Supper, and <laughs> and one of my favorite lessons is always to talk about fasting there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a great time. Isn't it? <laughs> but I I thought it interesting that uh, you know the first thing that happened, is, you know, the the physical temptation the devil laid out there says, if you are the Son of God, then mm-hmm. turn these stones to bread, because he had been famished, and mm-hmm. and uh, and Jesus of course rebukes him. Uh, that you know we do not live by bread alone. He, right. he pulled the, the the word of God out and rebuked him. Uh, in in dealing with our kids, how how can we use that 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 basic level of obedience, knowing that it isn't always about the physical uh, satisfaction? Yeah. It's it's way beyond that. How 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 do we navigate that as dads? I, I think it's incredibly difficult to navigate from my perspective, having girls. Um, so when a when an adolescent is going into that age of puberty and all of a sudden this switch flips mm-hmm. and they're a different person overnight, mm-hmm. um, how do they deal with three days ago, Dad, there wasn't a physical temptation to, oh, my goodness, I, I, all of a sudden the whole world's opened up to me and now, you know, boys and girls have attraction and I have feelings and emotion. So you, you really you almost get away with it when they're young, but when that switch is flipped, it's a different thing to parent mm. because you, you're, you're letting your kids know temptation is real mm-hmm. and that the reason that the Lord designed you to have you know, your body respond this way at this time is because it's your gift to the Lord and it's your gift to your future spouse to avoid temptation. Mm-hmm. So the physical aspect of temptation is so real it may even be the most prevalent in our society mm-hmm. where we have to teach our kids how to deal with this. It's mm-hmm. a real thing. We're going to give them real tools. We're going to give them real options, and we're going to support them when they fail in those physical temptations. Right. Now, you mentioned that your daughter was a, quite a volleyball player, yeah. and I found, uh, you, you if take it over here when you want, but the, uh, uh, I found that those uh, the sports and the extracurricular activities at a relatively young age mm-hmm prepared them to understand that there was physical discipline was possible yes. and that as you came into these years, then you just applied some of the things you learned early on, just like we do as dad. I mean, we're, we invest so specifically in our kids when they're young mm-hmm. because those are wonderful opportunities. They actually Absolutely. believe us. They, yeah. they, they think we're a God, yeah. and, and yeah. they, they say yes, and, and <laughs> they don't question anything. 
uh, we have at least a window of time there, yeah. maybe up to age eight or ten. But right. but the and I but I, I found that helpful that uh, there was mm-hmm. discipline in other areas of life that uh, that physical discipline that helped them as they came into that time. Did you find that as well? Uh, absolutely. We we kept our kids in some type of activity. Mm-hmm. Um, the one regret I have, I think, is once once they excelled in those activities, you have to try to find a balance. Mm-hmm. I don't know that we struck a balance real well because. Mm-hmm. Sports is demanding, mm-hmm. so you do have to have a balance. But yeah, without that regimen, without that discipline, without showing if I work hard today, it'll show up tomorrow in mm-hmm. a game. Mm-hmm. Those things are valuable. We we've really valued that in our home. Mm. Fantastic. Well, the other temptation, the next temptation, of course, uh, the devil comes right at uh, Jesus with, uh, you know, if you are the son of God, they, they go up to the temple, uh, the high, high point on the temple and says, throw yourself off of here. The, the word, since you're going to pull the word on me, I'm going to pull the word on you. He says he's not going to let your foot strike a stone. The angels will come save you. Mm-hmm. And, of course, Jesus rebukes him and says, you know, don't put the Lord your God to the test. Yes. But there was an emotional attack there. And, again, mm-hmm. you talk about girls. You know, the emotions are all over the place. How, how did you help your girls really uh, uh, learn to navigate through those emotions? Um, I would say for us, um, as I mentioned earlier, I believe my wife has set such a precedence mm. in our home of peace. Mm. Um, she's a non-confrontational type soul. Mm-hmm. So that has really added a great benefit for my children. Mm-hmm. Uh, the emotional temperature of our home was good. Now, I'm not suggesting perfect. I'm not suggesting there weren't ups and downs. But today, currently, I feel like one of the biggest plagues in the church is the imbalance of emotion. Mm. Uh, following our emotion, being triggered by every little thing all the time, uh, we are so out of balance emotionally that we could do the greater works that Jesus calls us to do But for some of us, we have to go through the temptation of being overly emotional. Mm. Teaching my girls to not be emotional was was a difficult thing from a dad's point of view. Uh, The girls would be on one side of the room going, Dad, you couldn't possibly understand what's going on with us right now. And I'd be going, you're right. right. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) uh, But my wife really took that that side of the role. Um, But. The opposite is also true. It's like daddy's girl. So they would still come to daddy, Mm -hmm. you know, to get some things that they needed and Mm -hmm. just trying to help them be aware that emotion is not a bad thing. Right, right, right. Uh, it's, It's a healthy part of who you are. It just can't become your master. Right, and that's I think that it isn't that you're you're shutting down emotion. It's just you're helping them navigate right. through that emotion, and that's that's really uh, again sports help that because yes. there, you know there's so many there, there's failure all the time mm-hmm. in in sports activities or in I'm not I'm just using sports, but it could be uh, a band, it could be an instrument, it could be all kinds of things that you're not going to always perform as you might want to perform, yes. and uh, so navigating through those highs and lows in other areas of life help understand that these emotions are going to start you've got to start to be able to manage that to be able yes. to still perform at a level and then of course the last the, the third dimension of temptation to jesus that the devil throws at him is the spiritual temptation is that you know jesus knew the journey he was on right right and the devil uh probably had a pretty good clue too and he said hey i can give you a lot easier road here mm-hmm. he says you know all the king goes to the high mountain he says all these kingdoms can be yours if you just worship me and of course jesus again 
rebukes with the word. He says, you worship only the Lord your God. I think that he, he says, uh, uh, it is written that, uh, be gone, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Mm-hmm. So, uh, was, you know, Jesus was vulnerable. I mean, obviously he's vulnerable in all these areas. He's vulnerable because he's famished uh, physically for food. He's mm-hmm. vulnerable uh, emotionally because of the journey that's ahead of him. And now, of course, he's vulnerable spiritually because he's he's wondering, uh, you know, is this a possibility uh, yes. you know, that uh, I could do this? And, and he says, absolutely not. So uh, how... You know, how was able? How was Jesus really able to resist the devil uh, in that area? What What do you think gave him? You know, uh, understanding that, you know, he's not drawing on his divine nature at this point in time, but he's just standing firm, understanding that obedience is the uh, is mandatory. Right. If he If he did not literally take on these temptations in his flesh, that it invalidates the incarnation. Mm. The reason that Jesus was incarnate uh, for us was to show us not a second Adam, to show us the last Adam mm-hmm. could get it right. Mm-hmm. And so to, to look at that and to even wonder, was he really spiritually tempted? Was there even a chance that he would go off the rails? I think it sounds blasphemous to say yes, but he was human. Mm-hmm. And he had to get through his human flesh he had to get his spiritual dimension so in line with the Father that his yes was so loud that the temptation didn't give him an outlet. Right. And that, and uh, when it comes to our, I just want to clarify that with the scripture. I want to go to Philippians 2, 5, and 8. Mm-hmm. It says, you know, Paul tells us to have the mind of Christ because right. Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. So he yeah. forgave, you know, he, he walked in this. Now, when we talk to our, our kids about this spiritual dimension and the spiritual temptations that are going to come at you, because, you know, there are a lot of gods and a, and yeah. a lot of idols. I mean, we can, you know, you talk about sports. Sports can become mm-hmm. an idol. Right. Uh, a coach can become mm-hmm. an idol. Uh, an education can become an idol. You know, there's a lot of little G guys out there Absolutely. saying, "Hey, just worship me a little yeah. while." You know, uh, how did you prepare your girls for for those kind of temptations? Well, I I would say first and foremost, uh, I don't know that we were perfect at any of that. Like, you know, just join the rest of us here. Yeah, <laughs> just navigating temptation in general. Um, I guess the only thing I would say to a dad where it could be helpful is you want to establish good boundaries in your family and for your kids. So if I have the opportunity to save one of my children from a temptation by preemptively acting as a good dad and and actually trying to require obedience to certain standards, Mm -hmm. I think that gives a safety rail where sometimes they won't veer off into temptation. Uh, but then the flip side of that coin is, as parents, we need to know they're going to be tempted mm-hmm. all the time. The little G God of this generation is is media. Mm-hmm. It's it's all the, you know, they can get on their phone what, right. you know, you and I would have had to go through all kinds of hoops mm-hmm. to, to figure things out. Um, boundaries with media, boundaries with those types of things will just set a temperature 
for your family to engage spiritually. Mm-hmm. And, and they're not going to like it. Mm-hmm. But that's what being a parent is sometimes. It's setting those standards. So we had some strict rules in place to help our kids. Um, and then we also gave them freedom in appropriate measures so that they had to walk through those temptations so they wouldn't have to get it all when they left at 18. Right. So there, So what you're saying is you set up boundaries that were age-specific, yes. child-specific, yes. because they're different kids, even yes. if they're both girls or yeah. whatever, Then, and you set those boundaries up, uh, and then you had consequences as a result of Absolutely. pushing those boundaries. Absolutely. And those consequences were enforced. Yes. And also, I, we actually put a, a rule on our family that was a little bit, specific to us as an example if any dads are kind of wondering what do you mean um i have two girls so when they got to a certain age and they're like hey can we go spend the night at so-and-so's house my wife and i would look at each other and go do they have older brothers sure right so we got to a point where we would not let our daughters go spend the night at someone's house that had older brothers in the home Mm -hmm. because so many stories of abuse start that way Mm -hmm. And so we put that in place, and they didn't always understand why they were the only kid that couldn't Mm -hmm. do it. Mm -hmm. And there were moments where they could do it. Mm -hmm. But we kept those fail-safes in place as a healthy boundary. And then as they grew up, you could adjust it according to their age. I think, uh, you know, looking back at Jesus' life and his obedience across that whole spectrum, emotional, physical, emotional, and and physical, there's later later temptations as well. I mean, they're in the Garden of Gethsemane, right? Absolutely. Uh, he was just uh, three times he prayed to his father that this, you know, this could be taken from me. Uh, right. And uh, but uh, not my will, your will. So he mm-hmm. submitted to his father and uh, all the way to the all the way to the point of death, as we That's know, right. even death on a cross. But the, so uh, that unique aspect of obedience and that the discipline that's required through life. Uh, that's really what parents' role uh, yeah. comes to, is to prepare our children for, you know, in the home there are, like you say, boundaries, garbage. We don't want to go across when you you got, you got these flyovers in Houston where you're going, you know, 100 feet over the, uh, uh, and they've got big concrete barriers. Can you imagine if they didn't have those concrete barriers but just had those caution tape mm-hmm. going around there? How mm-hmm. comfortable would you feel? Yeah, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> not here. <laughs> and, and I think about, uh, you know, that's really our, our job as parents is to help our, our kids understand that there are guardrails. Now, uh, I think, uh, you know, Jesus provided such the perfect example that sometimes we try to live up to that. We're, we're going to fall short. Yeah. We're still, you know, the, the unique aspect of Jesus, which we didn't discuss back when we were talking about uh, Jesus' life, is the fact that, that he, was, uh, uh, he was born of the virgin. I mean, you yes. mean man's seed was not involved right. in his birth. So the seed of sin was not involved in Jesus' yes. birth. So he was right. the perfect sacrifice as he came through. But that doesn't mean that he did not face the temptations that we've been talking yes. about. He was 100% man while he was walking on this earth. And uh, so our our journey there is, uh, uh, you know, the takeaways uh, pertaining to obedience in this world is is that's our challenge, is we have to live into that as best Mm -hmm. we can as men to to set that standard, set that example, but then, like you said, to also set boundaries in conjunction with our bride to make sure that we're all on the same page. And boundaries aren't any good if uh, when they're pushed, there isn't a consequence for, for... for crossing the boundary. Okay. Uh, are there spiritual disciplines that you practice uh, or, or have initiated in your home to, to help you stay in tune with, with 
type of obedience we need to follow as, as men, as, as husbands, as fathers? You know, uh, I, I contemplated this question. I, I, I knew you were going to ask this, and I really contemplated it because being in the season that we're at now, our family's a little bit more spread out. Um, we do certain things with our adult kids. We did have some disciplines uh, when they were younger, and I think looking back on it, I really wish we had done more. Hmm. Um, my personality at that point in my life really tended to be in the moment and not really planned out, not really structured. So I would always structure things and we would start, but we were bad at maintaining because I would, but, but we did do it. And I had to really be gracious to myself in answering this question to say, well, you didn't blow it 100%. You did have <laughs> seasons of disciplines. But if I were raising children today, uh, I, the thing that I probably would do differently would be that. I would have a little bit more structure to what we did in the home. Mm -hmm. We did it, but we just did it more in the moment. Uh, that kind of tended to be when our, you talk, our personality. What, what, what specific spiritual If we're doing reading prayer, scripture, reading prayer. scriptures, if we're having uh, deep conversations about the Lord and how it applies to their life and boundaries. Mm -hmm. uh, like I said, there were moments where that was scheduled. Mm -hmm. But mostly we didn't want it to be regimented as much as we want it to be lived. And uh, so that comes with a, a plus side and a minus. So mm -hmm. if, I were, if I were talking to dads today, I would say, look, take the disciplines that are the simplest. And really, if you want to, I mean, just read the Sermon on the Mount a few times. You, you'll come out understanding, you know, prayer, fasting, and giving. If you're hitting those disciplines, you're mm -hmm. doing really well. Right. right. Um, and so just building those in for your kids a uh, more structured way would be my advice today. But I would also look back and say, man, I don't think I did that great. Mm-hmm. I always like the story of the dad who, whose dad was a pastor, and he'd call his dad on a Saturday morning knowing exactly what his dad was doing. <laughs> and he was always sitting there with a cup of coffee reading Scripture. That's right. So he'd, he'd caught his dad reading often. Yes. So I, I just thought that's how, how cool is it to be caught, uh, you know, praying for over your children. They wake yes. up and you have your hands on praying for them. You know, yes. these types of things, these are the opportunities that we have to, to, uh, to reflect uh, some of the disciplines because of course Jesus left and talked to his dad extensively yes. uh, yeah. on his journey and yeah. uh, that was his spiritual discipline time in right. prayer and time with his dad so uh, any final words of encouragement as we uh, as we wrap up this segment uh, James I appreciate your insight and your candidness because uh, you know there there's only one perfect dad That's right. and his yeah. kids rebelled yeah right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> they still do still here yeah still here <laughs> well you know I I guess my main message is be real with your kids. Um, we're, we're not trying to give them an image of a believer. We're trying to let them know that the believer's lifestyle is real. Mm -hmm. Struggles, ups, downs. Um, where I grew up in a Christian home and it was well-loved and we grew up in a peaceful environment when I, when I married my wife, Tara, that's not everybody's story. So mm -hmm. we, we're grace givers, right? Because we, we bounce off of each other. But be real, have conversations. And, and I'll finish with this. This was a funny thing that just happened. My, my daughter, who's uh, away at college at ORU, she calls me uh, every so often with either her or her friends need help with their Bible homework. And um, so she calls me the other day and she's like, Dad, we have a question. And I was like, okay, babe, what you got? And 
her she's on the speaker and all of her friends are grouped around and I'm like I wonder whose homework I'm doing right now and, and then she goes so um is the Holy Spirit gonna be um in heaven and I was like Lord what are they teaching these kids <laughs> And I'm like, can you ask me a different, like, what do you mean? And she's like, well, I know he's here on the earth, but, like, does he just stay on the earth? Like, how? And I was like, oh, my goodness, you really want me to explain the Trinity to you and your uh, friends on the phone? So I was like, what class is this? And she's like, no, we're, we're discussing it. And I was like, that's really cool. I said, well, you know, Father, Son, and Spirit being one, they kind of hang out together. And so it, that led into the next thing, and the next part of it was so powerful. She says, like, when we see them in heaven, are they going to be, like, spirits? Are we going to actually see them or whatever? And I said, um, I said, listen, don't quote me on this, and please don't put it in your papers. I said, but based on what you just read, Philippians chapter 2, I believe that part of Jesus' sacrifice when he came to earth is he took on the image of a man. Mm -hmm. uh, when they saw him after his resurrection, when he ascended, he was in the image of a man. Mm -hmm. I believe he gave up his God-likeness, mm -hmm. and that when we see him face-to-face, -face, we will see him as a man. Mm -hmm. With nail scars, with a spear, mm -hmm. a hole in the side, we will see him as he is. Mm -hmm. And she just went, what? Like, that's possible? I said, baby, I'm not creating a theology, but all of what Scripture shows us is that we're made in his image. He lowered himself to come down to our image. Mm -hmm. Dads don't ever get above the image of your kids. Mm -hmm. You got to get down on the floor with them. Mm -hmm. You've got to get in the mud with them. And when they're struggling, you got to cry with them. You've got to be there for them because you are going to be the Jesus they see. Right. That's the that's the inroad. So I don't want to say that in such a way. I'm passionate about it, but I don't want to say it in such a way that this is a fail, a pass fail course. This is just us doing our very best to follow Jesus. There's mm -hmm. A beautiful Jewish blessing. Didn't make it into the canon of Scripture, but it was commonly used in Jesus' day, and it was just this. May you be covered in the dust of your rabbi. Mm. They wanted to walk so closely by the one they were following that the dust from his feet kicked up onto their garments. And, and that's all that I'm asking of my kids and our families. We walk close, mm -hmm. and when we fail, we give each other a lot of grace. That's uh, fantastic advice here from James Crum. And dads, I just encourage you to uh, live into and, and study up on the obedience that Jesus uh, practiced here on earth as, as the man. Mm -hmm. And that uh, we would uh, use that as an opportunity to connect with our kids to a new level and help them get to know Jesus better through his obedience. And, of course, that calls on you, Dad, to, to uh, live into it a little bit better today than yesterday, more so tomorrow than today. So uh, that's the dad you're called to be, and that's the dad the next generation needs. And, James, thank you again for your time and your commitment to, to uh, not only our Lord's uh, service, but to service and family. And uh, just want to uh, thank you again and encourage you on your journey as we all seek to be the men, the husbands, and fathers we're called to be. God thank bless you. you.